Hi, my name is Londe Yusuf. And my name is Reggie Williams. And we're the co-founders of Black Film Space. Black Film Space is a grassroots organization dedicated to enhancing the skill sets of black filmmakers and building a community of creatives. We host events such as screenwriting workshops, panels, mixers, and other events that are designed to support black content creators. In the next episode of the Black Film Space podcast, we interview Terrence Burke. Terrence is a cinematographer who has recently worked on Tyler Perry's The Oval and Sisters. We talk with Terrence about his experience working with Tyler Perry, his workflow process with his team, cameras, and much more. And now, on to our interview. All right, Terrence, thank you so much for joining us on the Black Film Space podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Of course, of course. You know I love your work. Um, first off, I just want to say congratulations on uh, the most recent work you've been getting, um, collaborating with Tyler Perry on uh, some of his new shows on BET. Just congratulations for that. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's exciting, you know, this new uh, venture that Mr. Perry has with BET and Viacom, and I'm excited to be on board. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so like I said, I love your work and, you know, I've, I've watched your reel many times and I think it looks amazing. Um, I'm really curious to know when you started to notice your work improving. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's, um, I would have to say, you know, in in grad school when I went to uh, the American Film Institute AFI, mm-hmm. you know before that, uh, I feel like I didn't really know anything, you know before I went to before I went to film school. But I noticed, you know, working working with uh, like minded, you know, men and women at the school and the teachers were phenomenal. I feel like that's when I learned that uh, my work was getting better, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like the first the first time I started noticing. Uh, you know all all the learning and stuff that I've been doing all the all the years of you know working as as a as a grip because I was a grip for many years before I went to uh, AFI but I feel like putting all of that stuff together and as well as uh, the learning part and the, the shooting a lot of AFI because you do a lot of shooting mm-hmm. that I, I found my getting better then but um, on a professional level I would say you know working with Actually, it's funny because when I came out of school first, I wasn't uh, I, I wasn't working a lot as a DP, you know. So I was, you know, operating and stuff. And, and you learn a lot when you're operating for other DPs and stuff. So, you know, um, just learning what the you know the frame and learning about how you know things are done on the other side. It was it was a very uh, it was a learning experience to, to work with different people and to see how they do things and so forth and not implementing some of those, some of those, um, you know, the things that I, that I saw when I worked as an operator into what I do. But, um, but yeah, I think that, um, you know, for the most part, when you work with people, you respect and, you know, you're going to learn and pick up some things that's going to help you, you know, in the future. And then, uh, I believe that's what happened with me. It's working with a lot of good people and putting, putting myself in places where I could learn as much as possible until I get on my feet and, you know, and to the point where, um, you know, you can work on things, you know, while you're um, while you're shooting 
and prep and so forth and uh you know and just produce better images and learn to be the best dp you can mm. so what are, what are some of the adjustments that you made um when you were at, at afi or after your experience at afi like what are some of the technical adjustments that you made where you started to notice your work is better um, some of the adjustments I believe were were in lighting um, as well as using using different lighting techniques, uh, different lights for different you know different um, scenes. You know, like there are times when like you know tungsten light, you know, it just looks better than HMI light. You know, it feels better. It feels it feels more you know definitely warm, but it feels more um, just feels more organic. It feels more um, real you know and uh so just things like that you're using tungsten lighting as opposed to hmi lighting and then just like you know manipulating color temperatures to give you what you need you know in a, in a particular scene uh if you want like a if you want like a moonlight deep moonlight look you may change the color temperature a certain way if you want it to be a warmer look coming from coming from through the windows for day you know you would change that so stuff like that as well as um you know, and also, which is really important, is um, framing of the camera, putting the camera in the right place. You know, because um, you know, in the right lenses, putting the camera in certain places where you we can get the best out of the out of the story is all about the story. It's not about you know, oh, this looks fantastic. All the DPs are going to love this. You know, no. It's, to me, it's always about the story. So putting the camera in the right place for the story, the right lens. Who's 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 getting the most weight in the story. Mm. You know how much how much weight do you use in terms of the cam in terms of the lens for this person as opposed to the other person? Mm. Things like that that will make the make a, a world of difference in uh, in my cinematography and, and telling the story and so forth. So um, yeah, I'd say like framing, lighting as well as uh, lenses. You know, picking out the right the right focal length for for a particular emotional scene or or any scene that that is, is telling, you know, telling the story and just making sure that you're giving the, you're giving the way in the right direction for the person who's representing that particular um, scene. Mm. So, yeah, that's, those are the, those are the things that uh, I learned a lot. And, um, you know, like it pulls like doing like a, a longer lens on, on one side of the person, maybe a little bit, it's a little bit tighter than the other person would be a little looser. We're showing more of the weight, is going in this person or if it's like if they're a couple and a person is uh they're having you know issues in their marriage and maybe you know they're like he's to the left of frame and she's to the right showing discord and if they're if they're in unison if they're in sync then maybe they'll both be center punched you know showing showing that visually you know just visually telling the story things like that or somebody you know somebody's a jerk maybe they'll be a little bit darker in tone than the other person on the other side it's just a little bit enough as you can see you can tell the difference. So, yeah, telling the story in the lens and framing, those are the things I learned. And, uh, yeah. What And what is the weight? You, you, re you referenced that a few times. And in terms of, like, the um, the mood or who is um, who is carrying the scene, you know, like if we if you have a scene where there's a wife and, um, you know, she's she's caught her husband cheating. So she's the one who's who's angry. She's the one who's very upset. She's the one who is the scene is about, it's about her anger, it's about her finding out. So we may have a tighter shot on, on her, 
you know, and maybe a looser shot on the guy, was saying that the scene is about her. So that the weight, she's carrying the weight of the scene, the emotional, mm-hmm. you know, it's about the emotional part of the scene. Like, like it's her important beat it's, it, in the scene is her. So we may make, we may make her, well, I want to visually show that she's important in the scene. So we do that either with lighting um, or with the, the framing. Maybe she's long lens and he's a little bit wider where the background is totally out of focus on her. Maybe it's not on him. Just things like that. It's just, Put put her in center, front center emotionally in um, in that scene. Mm-hmm. That's the way. So you've been you've been doing a lot of television work um, lately. What has your experience been like shooting for television? Well, I was shooting. I'm gonna tell you about like, we're shooting with Tyler. It's um, it's interesting because um, it's like nothing ever done before. He's a brilliant man, and in the way that he does things. But um, we always shoot with three cameras, mm-hmm. so. That's uh, that in itself is uh, something that is uh, very interesting because usually it's uh, usually two cameras, you know, on TV, maybe movies, and maybe one, maybe two, but we shoot three cameras every day. Mm-hmm. That's it, and everything has to move super fast. TV, t- in general, TV is usually faster than than than, than a movie, you know, than shooting a movie. You know, the TV, the average, I mean, uh, nine, eight, nine pages in TV is. Is a is a is a long day. Mm-hmm. Is is like a very long day. Where in movies it may be like two pages, three pages, you know. But with Tyler Perry, where we shoot, there are times we shoot over a hundred pages in one day. What? So <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. We're How? shooting. We're shooting super fast, man. We're you know we usually have we have um, prep time. We have like maybe like three weeks of prep. So each of the stages, we 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 light and prep the stages beforehand, mm-hmm. and and we were on board with the production designer and art director and, and the set dressers and everybody. We we get everything set up for those three weeks, and we we prep, and then we uh, you know we rig and we light, and then when we we get ready to shoot, we will come in, and um, you know we have like an hour to to prep and get things going. He'll come in, and then he's ready to shoot. And most of the time, you know, we've changed our lighting. Most of the time we would, um, in the beginning, we would have like lighting, you know, lighting up above, you know, from the top. We'd have um, different lights, LED lights, like blanket lights, light mats in different areas of different sets. And then we'd light through the windows, like a transom light. And we'll have like sky panels and, and uh, 2K um, uh, baby, baby uh, DJs, tungsten lights, mm. you know, if we want to have like a like a sunrise sunset or or night moonlight or or day daylight we would um we would do that with those lights and then we have practicals you know for um you know for the rooms and stuff so yeah we move super fast we don't we don't turn up we have three cameras one in the mid one in the middle two on either side we go like wide tight dirty over boom we shoot get the scene and we're gone we go on to the next and um yeah and that's the way it is. He wants to shoot fast. And, um, you know, we usually have like 12 hour days, 12, 13 hour days. We never really go over. Um, usually if we do go over, it's probably like the last day of the shoot mm-hmm. or we may do a really long day, but most of the time it's 12, 13 hours. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, yeah. So the TV, the TV world here that we do here in TPS, it's definitely like moving at a, at a, at a fast rate. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, you, so they're, you're basically doing one 
one or two take two takes max, right? Yeah, basically, unless there's something technical that's happened with the cameras or if anything, um, maybe actors, whatever, but no more than than two takes. Yeah, and they usually nail it. You know, they definitely nail it. So yeah, when I first came, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it, and then I. Saw- I had a friend who was uh, shooting the show before me, Richard Violette, and um, I was coming in to uh, replace him for a, um, he was doing another job, so I was coming in to trail for like a couple of weeks, and then I'm, he's like, yeah, we shoot, you know, 100 something, I'm like, get out of here, I don't believe it, and then like, yeah, at lunch, it was like six, 70, 60, 70 pages, like, what? Like, oh my God, this is crazy. Wow. So yeah, but uh yeah, it was pretty. It's it's pretty insane. It's definitely pretty insane, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But yeah, but it keeps everybody on their toes. I mean, you know, we we light fast, we move around, and um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's how we do it. So you mentioned um, shooting dirty. Can you explain to the audience for those that may not know what does that mean? Oh, it's like it's being a, when you have a camera. And you have two people talking, and the camera is behind one person who's you have the back of their head and shoulder, and you're looking on to the person they're talking to. Dirty is you get a piece of that person's head and maybe shoulder to to a certain side of the frame, and you get the other person's full face and maybe um, maybe their top shoulders. Dirty is having a person closest to the camera. It's back to you. Again, you're seeing a piece of them. That's dirty. Mm. Clean is you don't have anybody, you know, in front of you. You don't have anybody who's back to your camera. You just you just have a clean shot of the person's face who's facing the camera. Um, mm-hmm. So what, being that you're, you all were shooting 100 pages in a day, what challenges did you all face, or you specifically as a cinematographer? The lighting may not be traditionally like um, smart smart side lighting, which is the camera. If, the, if there's a person in front of you, in front of the camera, and um, the camera is facing them, the lighting is coming from the opposite side of where the camera is. So if the camera's on the light, the light is, the light is going to be hitting the person from the left side. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to do to do smart side lighting because you have three cameras. That one camera that's going to be on the 50-50, which is seeing two of the people facing each other, they're going to be in the middle. You would see that light or lights over there to the other, to directly across the other side, you know. So that would be a, that would be a problem, not for the dirty ogres on either side, but mm-hmm. for for but for the A camera, which is in the middle, doing a fifty-fifty of the of two shot of the people, you would see that light. And also, it's that um, you know hanging hanging lights and having it in the right place is very important because um, you know things could change in a heartbeat. You may think that the action is going to happen here, but it may it may happen in another another place. It may actually be outside the door, outside. So things change so quickly. It's like it's, it, basically we have to have lighting, um, lighting different areas of the um, of the of the set, and make sure that oh we can cut this on, or bring this down, or cut it off. We don't need this and that. So we're doing all that on the fly because we don't necessarily know a lot of times what the change may be or oh the person was in the living room in the script and now he's gonna be on the bed. So I'm communicating to my um to my uh, my electrics and to the board op and say, hey, let's turn on this light, blanket light above the bed, let's bring that down to twenty percent, you know, or you know, and I'll see it in my mind, okay, bring it down ten percent. All right, make it thirty two hundred Kelvin. 
okay, boom, let's go that. Let's bring the slide outside the window. Let's bring this down a little. You know, so it's in practical lights, it's the amount of practical lights. So it's things you have to do on a fly mm-hmm. because it may change, it may change the drop of that. So it's hard to do small time lighting when you don't necessarily know a lot of times where the talent is going to be. Where if we were on a job where we were lighting a certain way for a scene, just for these people, we knew ahead of time the people would be in this location, then we could better light a certain way that'll be more of a contrast or more of a smart side lighting mm-hmm. for that particular for that particular scene. But a lot of times you don't know. We're moving so fast <laughs> that it's not it's not you're not able to do like that, have that particular contrast. So there are times you have to bring maybe bring the lighting down overall in, in the middle of the scene, keep them off of the walls and just, you know, make it as um as cinematic as possible for what you're you're trying to do. And there's times where I think now we um we do so I use them because of we using the Sony Venice right now, which is uh we just started using it like two shows ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love their camera. So we do it. It's very great. And, and, and low light do ISOs, 800, 2500. So a lot of times where I'll do, um, I'll have the light coming through the window and have practicals and maybe a little bounce, bounce into uh, a ceiling or into B-board. And that's it. We're ready to go. Mm. You know, that's, that's what we're doing kind of like now. And, uh, you know, he's loving it and it's, it's looking good. Awesome. Awesome. And how would you d- describe Tyler Perry's directing style. Well, he's he's brilliant. He, uh, you know, he's he's been doing this for a long, long time. Movies, lots of movies, lots of TV shows, and um, you know, he's a he's a great communicator. Mm-hmm. You know, and he um, he's a type of person where he's really good with taking uh, ideas. And um, you know, actually, I just made a I just made a lookbook of um, of this new show we're supposed to be doing, and there was. I had images, I had like 60 images in there, and I sent it to him. And then uh, there's some stuff, A Handmaid's Tale and some other movies and TV shows, and he loved it. And he was like, great. And we started talking about lighting, and we started talking about, um, um, you know, time and lighting and stuff. And like, you know, it's great. You know, we, we bounce things off. He's like, hey, I like, I love a euphoria. Can we implement this, that, whatever. So, yeah, he's great. You know, he's great. And I say, hey, I saw Mandy. Check out Mandy. You know, so with, uh, with Nick Cage. So, yeah, and it's you know it's great to be able to like talk to him and to be able to have that open dialogue communication, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and as a director who's very much into the visual language of things, you know, it's really great. And um, you know, right now when we're when we're on set, he's really good at um, you know, with allowing me to to do the things I need to do, but very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I say, hey, I need I need this, Mr. P. Can I do this? He goes, all right, great, let's do it fast, I'm like great, but it a go and make it uh, make it happen or whatever so yeah he's very um you know he's very understanding and uh, when it comes to what the crew needs to do and how to do it mm-hmm. and uh he's very i'm still coming to location he'll be like first time we worked together it was three years ago coming to the first location he goes okay where's the best place for the where would you want the actors to be and i was like oh oh great i'd love to have him right here <laughs> it was great and they just, you know, that's what i want to hear all the time <laughs> yeah. you know it's like yeah you know, he's definitely communicated and he's got, he's got a lot going on, a lot of stuff going on at all times, you know, writing and then uh, being a mogul. But, you know, he, he does take time to be able to, um, to talk about things and to, to bump, you know, pass along ideas to each other about different, um, movies he likes, different TV shows, different, different looks, different things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, and it's, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, um, 
you know, it's really good. You know, we have a, a film coming up and a TV show coming up in uh, maybe like a couple months. It's, uh, it's called Ruthless. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like, oh yeah, Handmaid's Tale. That's kind of reference I want, I want to kind of like go with. So I made a lookbook of like Handmaid's Tale and then I made a lookbook of some other uh, different movies or different um, African-American people in them where there's a lot of shafts of light and there's a lot of like, um, you know, black men and women who are um, in uh, in scenes that are like, you know, a little darker in tone, like Middle of Nowhere, Bradford Young, mm-hmm. you know, and um, just different, different things. And even like I get in, I get into the spiritual side of, um, of, the, of the things in my lookbook where, I thought, well, this is what this feels like. This, you know, like these different photographs or different images. This is what I. This is what makes me feel a certain way in this scene or in this show. And you know, this will have this particular mood. And there's like a mood board with that, a different kind of type of mood, a dark mood or dark undertones and stuff. So yeah, so things that mix in what visually it could look like, you know, what black people look like in these particular environments, day and night, mm-hmm. but also like some spiritual stuff like um some paintings from like a, a famous painter or like uh photographs you know like this some photographs from um Todd Hito that are very um you know kind of like sultry and like you know a little dark and moody and stuff like that so yeah so there's I like to use a lot of those type of elements and you know, to to depict the mood and, and feel for what I think the script says he's very um, understanding of of that, and uh, yeah, we work well together. Oh, dope, dope. So is is he also like hands on with like the shot selections and like the colors and all that stuff, or is he more of like a actor's director? Oh no, he's hands on. He's he, he reminds me of Fincher. He's definitely like he's in the mode of like Fincher, mm-hmm. where he's um where he's you know, he goes, Hey, I wanna go I wanna go tighter, I wanna do this like there's there's a, a walkie and or he's on he's on walkie, I'm on the headset and he's communicating to to my operators as well. He's saying, Hey, go tighter on A, go a little bit looser on B, this and that, back up, you know, just do this walk and talk, da da da. Yeah, so he's very vocal about um, you know, the uh, the lenses and where where we're on and, and the moving and back and forth of the of the of the operators and how they how they move, yeah, totally, oh, totally. Were you operating one of the cameras? Oh no, no, no. I don't. I don't operate the cameras. I have three, three operators. They operate, and I just I'm in a monitor, basically, um, you know, working the iris, doing mm-hmm. iris control, and then you know, going more walkie, pointing out to the movement headset, pointing out to them, you know, if they need to maybe tilt up or tilt down or give some headroom or, you know, like be mindful of of this you know, of this frame and da, 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 yeah. So yeah, but definitely I'm I'm controlling the image in terms of the iris and so forth after we you know, once we get started shooting and stuff and rolling. Mm. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Do is there do you have like a preference? Do you prefer working like that versus camera operating? In a in a in in a in a in a TV or movie situation where there's more than one camera. Actually, you know, I shouldn't even say that because I I do like to operate when I'm shooting. I do love to operate. I love to be closer to the actors. I love to have a relationship with the actors. But I feel like in movies and TV, there needs to be more of a of a um, onus on connecting with the director 
making sure the producers and everybody are, you know, are cool with everything you're doing, making sure that your relationship is, you know, that you're working with them. You know, they're, they're, you know, you're talking, you're collaborating, everything is networking, mm-hmm. you know? So it's basically being able to, I read this, I, I, as an artist, I love to be on, on the camera. I love to be close to the actors. I love to, to feel the action and to be there. I love it. But as I'm going further and further, you know, forward, I need to be sitting with my director, you know, building, continue to, to build trust and build a relationship, making it stronger, talking about, you know, maybe even not even that scene or maybe the next scene or maybe talking about something in post. And I can't necessarily do that if I'm on the camera, you know, because there are times where Natalia may say, hey, you know, I remember watching a guy perform and then he was just doing amazing work. And we looked at each other like, this guy's amazing. This is, this is incredible or whatever. I'm going to talk about some other stuff. But I just think politically, it's really good to be off the camera, you know, so you can you can hear if somebody, you know, wants to make a change in something or or if, um, you know, or if the director is really happy about something or not. But you guys are communicating all the time. So it's just politically, I think it's, it's, it's best to stay off the camera and to be closer to the director and uh, building, continue to build that relationship, continue to, to give them what they want. Cause at the end of the day, it's not about my lighting. It's not about my cinematography. It's about the story. It's about me telling the story. Mm-hmm. So this director is on the marquee. I support, like they say, we, we taught AFI, I serve the director. Mm-hmm. So anything the director needs me to do, I serve them. I don't, you know, this, this it's, it's their movie. So they tell me to do something, then I do it. You know, yeah. that's that's the way. So I think the better is I would love to always be off the camera, which is what I am when I'm Italian. I'm off the camera. So mm-hmm. that's great. What, what was the workflow process like when it came to lighting? I get the script. I read it. And I sit down and meet with the production designer because the production designer is the first person hired on, on every job. So they they have a plan of all the sets. And um, so I talk to the production designer. So I see all the sets. I see with along with the art with this with the uh, set dresser and the art director. Find out what color these sets are going to be. Find out where the furniture is going to be at. We're gonna find out where where the windows are going to be at. Where the door is because I always want windows so I can you know motivate lighting from. So production designer already knows. I say hey I want a, I want a lot of windows. You know he makes windows. And then I say, I want a lot of practicals. So he tells the art director and then they, they make sure there's a lot of practicals there. And then sometimes we talk about overhead, overhead lighting that they want to put in there. So, they, you know, they, they do so much to help out DP. Like production design is like invaluable. Mm-hmm. Production design, art director, invaluable because you can talk about the tone. Like I remember I was mentioning, this is very interesting. I had this discussion just yesterday. I mean, the other day and today. But um, I was talking to the art director about a particular room. So, oh yeah, this room. I want to make this room like this color. Black was like really dark. Black. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, we haven't. Have we? Have you seen the skin tone of the of the actor? And I'm like, no, no. I was like, well, I think we should hold off on that color. Let's get let's get let's go and see the cast. And they had they hadn't really finished casting it. So they, so we just they just finished casting, and I got stuff yesterday, and I was like, well, this person right here in this room, this is his house. He's dark skin, super dark. So. Maybe we should go away from this, this, you know, this, his house or room being, you know, super, you know, black, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, great, switched it to like a blue. 
So it's things like that, like collaborating, communicating, you know, making sure that, you know, that the different, uh, the paint is maybe is going to be beneficial to, to lighting, you know, um, to make sure that there's practicals around, um, to make sure that there's like, shears um, that we can light through the window, shears, blinds, and curtains. Mm-hmm. If we want to use, if we want blinds to like create a certain pattern on the wall, great. If we don't, raise the blinds up, use the shears to like take down the light, the hard light coming through, or Maybe open the shears, have hard light hitting across the bed, or or through the or through the window of the kitchen, and just put some haze in and have streaks of light. So, just they're 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 invaluable. The 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 art department, production designer, invaluable to to a cinematographer and how do we light? And um and they're 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 the people I'm talking to from the beginning. Mm. Before I even start talking about lights and what goes where and what, I'm talking to the production designer, I'm talking to the art director, I'm talking to the set dresser, mm. like. Like it's the first first time I step into that to the to the studio, I'm talking to them, and they're extremely helpful, extremely helpful in every single way. Mm. You know? Then I'm then I'm meeting the special effects guy. I told the special effects guy too, hey, we need a guy who's gonna have haze. He's gonna need to be on, he needs to be on set every time we have hard light coming through the window. He go do the haze and the haze, boom, streams wait a couple maybe uh, less than a minute. That stream of light comes through. All right, let's let's roll. You know, so. I'm talking to those people first before I start putting lighting, before I start putting like a lighting plot together with my electric team. So once I finish talking to them, then I, I work, I, get, uh, I, I um, gather my, my key grip, my uh, uh, rigging key grip, electric gaffer and best boy and rigging electric team. Mm-hmm. Walk around to different sets, you know, and say, hey, you know, so, okay, for, for daytime, I'm going to have the practicals off. I'm going to have this, these lights, maybe two condors with two lights in each, banging through these windows, these big windows. We're going to have shears to, to soften it. And we're going to probably put some diffusion in the, in the bucket for the two lights as well. Or we may put, like, um, depending on what type of day, if it's morning, sunrise, I mean, we'll put, like, something warm. And if it's nighttime, we'll do, like, a moonlight look. So... We're talking about, so I'll do that. And then um, maybe, okay, we need a light for a bathroom. Let's put this this um, light mat too well over the, uh, the shower. And, oh, the the art director said she's going to put a, a sconce over the top of the mirror. That might be enough. And then we need maybe another light, maybe like in the middle of the bathroom. And, you know, so we, we'll talk about it. We'll go around to different places. They'll make their, their notes. And I'll say, oh, maybe I'll put this, we'll have a light over the bed, or maybe not, because we have these two practicals on either side of the bed. We have we have this big window on the left side, so maybe we won't put a light up there. Maybe we'll just let this light come through, plain moonlight, we'll put them for night, and then this other light the other way, coming across the other way for day. Mm-hmm. So let's not put a light here. You know, and actually, it happened today. Like, I was looking again. I was like, you know what? I don't need a light over there. So I'm going to tell them tomorrow, like, let's take this light out. I'm going to use the practicals in the window. And if I need something extra, I'll just do a little bounce, you know, into a into the ceiling, a little small bounce, dial it down, or maybe not even do it at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's so then yeah, we'll go around each each uh, set and we'll talk about what what lighting we could you know we could do here and there. And I take I definitely I, I I respect you know I start out as a grip, so I respect everybody in every department. So I take information, you know, if maybe they're like oh maybe this light would be better, great. Let's go with that, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm I'm all I'm always like very inclusive when it comes to working with working with the team, and you know everybody is a part of the team. You know, mm-hmm. somebody has an idea, 
that may be uh, that may work, it'd be great. You know, and it doesn't, it doesn't. But yeah, but uh, I'm definitely uh, I love the whole process. And then uh, we walk around, we walk around a few times. Like I've been walking around all week, and then I've made a couple of changes depending on what they. While I'm walking around, they're painting a different place. And like I went in, oh well, this paint. I mentioned this not this shouldn't be green, and then and then um, so I went walked back and it was like, it was still green. It was more stuff was painted green, like lime green. I was like, why is this lime green? And I found there was a note from Terry that he liked particular colors for something. Say, so, okay, so I need to work around that green and so forth. So it's all a team effort, just making sure that we're on the same page. So what you said you shot with the Sony? What what kind of camera is it? It's the Sony Venice. Venice. Yeah. Yeah, Sony, Sony Venice, yeah. Okay, and yeah. why did y'all shoot with this camera? Is it does that come from like the studio saying that? Is that Tyler's decision? Is do you have an input in that? Uh, yeah, actually, it was interesting because um, before, I mean, he's been using a lot of the, um, the Sony F fives, F five five cameras, F five five actually. So we've been using that camera. He's been using that camera for years. And um, it's a 4K camera. And uh, so, yeah, that's been good. But then, you know, we're doing this. Um, we decided to go like full frame because we're doing like a lot of like video walls now, like video wall, um, you know, driving shots and so forth. Mm -hmm. So so one of the uh, executive producers were like, hey, I really want to talk to you about these cameras. There's other cameras I want to try to get. And I was like, uh what is it? And he was like, uh, uh, I was like, is it the Venice? And he's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So he's like, yeah, I want to get the Venice. So, yes, I'm said, Great. Let's get it. So, yeah, like uh, we primarily got this camera so that we can do, you know, have a lot of higher resolution for the video walls. So, like, we have a team that'll go out and, um, you know, wherever we're like in D.C. or Atlanta and they'll go and shoot day and night stuff of like of um, different neighborhoods and stuff with a process trailer uh, or a camera car, excuse me, with the camera car with a bunch of cameras around getting all the different angles. They'll shoot that and then they take it, take it to post and then they'll, they'll ingest it and transcode and everything. And then we'll, and then we have a team that does the uh, video walls and then they'll put the video, put the images onto the video walls after it's, color graded and everything they'll um or they'll do it themselves we got this new team so they can color grade and stuff as well if we don't have if our uh colorists don't do it but um yeah so they'll, they'll put those those images on the video wall and then um so yeah put a car in place we have a little monitor in front so they can see when the video will when the when the when the images stop and start so that in the car they can you know simulate stopping and starting and then yeah and then um and then they'll just do that and then we'll have like uh just now they're putting up like a big rag and they're projecting the rag into it for the front windshield um uh, reflection and yeah so anyway so um we got the sony venice for that you know for the uh the video wall stuff but also not not just that but also because you know with these, um, with the new um, deal you had with Viacom and BET, we want the images to be, you know, robust and, and very like uh, beautiful and amazing. Mm. And um, that's what we're getting. And then uh, the, the colors are fantastic. We can go dark, really, really, um, you know, 
dark in the um, in our images, and uh, and they still they still look amazing. And you know, with the uh, with the, the dual ISOs, you know, I I sometimes go to most most time I'm at twenty five hundred ISO, mm. you know, and then and use I can use like some light coming from outside a window, sky panel, uh, um, or blanket light, and then I can use the practicals, and then that's it. Maybe a little maybe a little film, maybe not, and that's it. You know, the camera the camera produces amazing images, you know, at low light with very little to no noise. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's something that he's like, oh, my God, I love. I remember the first time, first first scene, he was like, these, these cameras better look better than the, than the mm-hmm. other cameras I use. Mm-hmm. Like, I spent a lot of money on them. And then, like, yeah, he was like, oh, my God, he's great. I love this. He was like, this looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's, that's what we're using right now. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing stuff. And it's um, – you know, I think it's uh, it's definitely making the images, uh, taking the images up a notch. You know, into mm-hmm. the new, uh, into the new bunch of shows we got coming up. Mm-hmm. Would you? I I feel like it it has a glossy look. When I watched the trailer for Sisters, and it, and it felt like it had a glossy look. Would you? Would you agree with that? Well, I used um, I had some filtration also using that, but also those. And what's interesting is that. Those trailers aren't necessarily they they don't have they're not the final look mm. you know the the images I mean the the scenes the the shows that we have now the episodes they have our final look on them okay we have like oval is like is darker than it was before mm. and sister is a little bit I'd say a little bit more uh, textured a little bit more um, um, maybe a little bit less saturated, but a little bit more um, crunched a little bit. So yeah, so there's there's definitely some difference differences in what the trailer is in now and um, and what we uh, what we have coming out soon, mm-hmm. coming out next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but that also there's I've, I've used um, I'm using a, I use filtration on uh systems we use a pearlescent like quarter pearlescent uh filtration filter for systems but it gives that uh they really like a soft uh glowy highlight kind of look mm. you know and it looks really really uh looks really nice I, look, I think it looks great on on all the women mm. and everybody in the show and um yeah i'm looking forward to uh everybody seeing it do you prep with the colorist as well that's interesting that's something that we're actually doing now but what I what I have been doing, which actually what I've started doing with everybody here is uh, with with the lookbook that I created, I send it out to everybody. I send it out to Mr. Perry. I send it out to the production designer, the art director, both colorists. Uh, I've sent it out to to uh, G and E, of course, and uh, costume, mm-hmm. costume and and makeup. You know, so they can see what what it is that. Uh, you know, I took Mr. P's note on how he would like a show to look, and um, and I handed it to the to the lookbook in the mood board. So, you know, the visual references for what he wants it to look like, and um, I basically accentuated it and sent it out. So yeah, so then we can talk about because we actually it's interesting. Me and the colorists we talk all the time. Like I'm down there every day. Mm-hmm. You know, during prep, I'm down there. I talk to them. 
I look at images. We, we we shoot stuff back and forth. We you know we talk about you know different scenes. We look at certain scenes. We even make you know we we both we all like help each other out. We have two different colors, and uh, I'm I'm in both of their bays like practically every day, mm-hmm. looking at and So yeah, so we've we've been we've definitely we're really cool, and um, we definitely um, been talking about the look for uh, the new shows and so forth. Because we weren't able to before. I think they, they came on board later on. They didn't come on board before we were, um, before that, um, they didn't come on board before we shot. And uh, I believe the colors we had before were in LA. But they, they came and said a little bit for some other show, but there uh, it wasn't as much communication like these guys. Now these guys are in house. So we talk basically every day and, um, um, and talk, and, you know, they, really like the, the, the visual references I sent mm-hmm. and they're definitely on board with how, how the look should be. But yeah, we talk about a lot of things, even, you know, maybe, you know, creating a, uh, a lot of like, um, of a film stock, maybe 16 colored film stock and we could use, you know, we could have it on the monitors and stuff. So I'm speaking C and I can light, light to that look mm-hmm. and make it look good. So, so there's, there's a lot of stuff that we're, that we're talking about communicating with, and that's great. I love collaborating with uh, with everyone, mm-hmm. with the colorist stuff. Good to be on the same page with them to the point where, like, I don't have to be in there as much because they know how the look should be and um, and so forth for the different shows that um, that there's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said that some um, some of the colorists were, were there on set. What what's the benefit of having the colorist be on set? Yeah, they um, with these these new these two guys who um, who are on uh, up here now, um, Danny Clark and Chris Cobra. These guys are awesome. They they came they come to set and they can see they see what exactly we're doing, like what what's on the monitor, what. What is the image looking like? And we're talking and saying, hey, I'm saying, hey, uh, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. This is what I'm doing. So it, it's, it benefits having them on set so they can see how we're lighting things, what what we're looking at, talking to Mr. Perry, talking to me. And and even the VFX, the VFX guys, sometimes they come and say, and they, they're, they're our third eye. They say, hey, you know, watch out for this. Or, hey, watch out for that. So it's great having those guys come through, you know, um, you know, every now and then, I would love them to come through even more. You know, so uh, they they be that be that extra eye, or say, hey, like, you know, be mindful of this and mindful of that, or hey, um, you know, the VFX people, and then, you know, just basically having posts around, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. You know, it, it saves money to have posts around, you know, as opposed to not being around and then trying to like fix it in post, mm-hmm. which is what you hear kind of often. But if post is on set from time to time, then that helps you with not having to, to fix in a post mm-hmm. so much. What is a, what's your favorite camera to shoot on? Just generally speaking. This between this, this between the, the, the Alexa mini, you know, every mini uh, LF and, um, you know, and, uh, and the Sony, the Sony Venice. I mean, both cameras, like, both, both cameras produce amazing images and, uh, you know, full frame camera it's just it's just amazing both can i can't pick between the two <laughs> i love them both mm-hmm. the uh i would say i guess i should say so actually i should say sony because we have a bunch of sony cameras for uh, tps but yeah but like i really do love uh, both cameras but right now what we have the sony venice is uh is what is what i'm loving right now mm-hmm. <laughs> okay 
what would you say are some differences in be- uh, between working in Atlanta, New York, and LA? In New York, I don't get a lot of union BP work. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of union operating work, and I shoot a lot of independent work as a DP. But when it comes to, I guess when it comes to TV, kind of like in New York, the UPMs kind of run things. Mm. So the UPMs usually have their stable of DPs. They're usually, you know, they're not of anybody of color for the most part. So the UPMs usually have their, their they have their DPs and um, they round well, but this guy's available to go with that or this one is available to go with that. So that's how it usually kind of works. And in New York and in Atlanta, it's funny when being in Atlanta, like I'm, all I'm doing is DPing um, union jobs. So that's been refreshing. It's just one of those things. I'm not sure if it's, I don't think it's anything necessarily racial or anything like that. I think maybe it's just the opportunity, you know, like um, getting the right opportunity and meeting with the right people, you know, and, um, you know, for many years, I mean, I'm from New York, so many years I, I was a grip technician in New York. So a lot of people see me as, they put me, you know, see me as a grip, but hey, I, I paid my dues. I went to AFI. You know, I've been doing, you know, independent stuff for years. And, um, you know, I've been shooting. So, you know, I, I'm sure that my time is going to come into getting, you know, getting more and more union work out in New York as a DP. Mm-hmm. And, in, uh, and in L.A., you know, I've only done non-union stuff in LA. I, I, I've only shot non-union stuff in LA. I've never done any union stuff in LA. But I just think because I haven't been, I haven't spent a lot of time in LA. I haven't been in LA in, uh, since 2014, 15, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at a, at a t- I was getting a lot of non-union work in LA. But I, I think for me, I think what what it is is just. Um, because right now I don't, I'm not represented. I don't have an agent right now. Mm. But I think once that I do have an, an agent, and I think that um, it's going to be completely different. I think there'll be, um, there'll be more of an opening for me to get work in LA and then uh, New York through the agency. So mm. you know, I think that's part of it too. You know, and um, you know, eventually that's going to happen. So it's not anything that that I'm really worried about or right. anything. But I'm enjoying. I'm here and opportunities that I have here, but definitely I think once you have, it's funny because I was talking to an agent a couple of weeks ago and, um, you know, they're kind of looking at possibly, you know, signing me or whatever. So one of the things that we were talking about is about, uh, oh, if I was coming back to New York, there's a lot of work in New York. They have, they have uh, clients who are working out in New York now and so forth, even in LA. So I, I just think it's just, it's just the opportunities and it's that, you know, the agency's putting, you know, being able to, um, you know, put you in uh, in certain places to succeed and to meeting with the right people. So, you know, hopefully uh, that'll happen soon and uh, sooner than later. But yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm enjoying being Atlanta and uh, working as much as possible. So mm-hmm. it's, it's great. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> Not that, complaining. It's, it's dope that you've been able to get the amount of work um, that you've gotten without an agent. So it's only gonna you know, expand once, once you hit that, that goal or that mark. Yeah. I think it, it's interesting. It's interesting because um, I've done, you know, I've done a lot of things, but I think what it is is that 
agents they want I think agencies they want to smell the money. So I mean I know I know guys who shot one thing that's going to Sundance and they got an agent. Actually I know a couple people like that. So it's just basically I to me if you're getting if you get into a major uh festival and then um they just, just flock to you. And I was looking at a show and a, a, a podcast uh, a couple of days ago with um, a cinematography podcast. And one of the DPs, I think, was uh, Ellen Curis. And she had said her first feature that she did. And she really, she said that, um, you know, she was, you know, getting a fee wet or whatever. But the first, very first feature she did, kind of like the very first job. They went to Sundance. She won the cinematography award, and agents went. You know, they were going nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, that was years ago when Sundance was kind of starting out, but it still holds true now. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and I'm, I know some people, like I said, who just who just signed to major agencies from huge the, the films that have done huge at, at the biggest festivals. Mm-hmm. So um, I have. I mean, I've I've had work that's been in a lot of festivals, just not the biggest festivals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that's part of it, you know, not, and, uh, so they, they, they may not even know who, who I am, mm-hmm. but once you do like one of the, you know, once you get into like one of those top festivals and stuff, you know, for your, you know, for, um, you know, for the work you've done on a, on a particular project, then I think that opens eyes and then they want to sign you and they're like, Oh, I can, I want to sign this guy. I want to sign this woman and so forth. So, yeah. but, but, but it's like me, it's like, right, right now I'm just enjoying being down here. And different projects that come up, you know, I'm, I'm loving the scripts that, uh, that I'm seeing. Uh, you know, if it makes it to a certain big festival, that's great. Uh, if I'm connecting with my director, that's even better. Mm-hmm. You know, that's if we're, you know, if we're connecting and we're, I'm working on that film and the next film and we're building and building together, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, that's what it's really all about. It's like, Working with good people, and Brad, that's funny. Bradford Young said it. He said he wants to break bread with directors. He doesn't want to just shoot that movie and then just you know don't see each other, yes. talk to each other. I want to like family, you know, like you know, and it's and it's true. I mean, you spend a lot of time. I mean, I spent time with directors and stuff, and uh, you know, you want it to be kind of a community, and you want to like uh, you, you share a lot, you know, about different things and. Uh, you know, about the script and maybe certain life experiences with the script and so forth you have and you share and you, you go out to eat and you drink and you talk and laugh and, you know, and then uh, that's important and that's building, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I love that. You know, when I when I was in L.A., I would, you know, me and the director, we would like, uh, we go to movies and say, hey, well, I want to know movies you like, what directors you like, we'll see their movie. And like, we go to the Getty, hey, you want to go to Getty Museum? Let's go. Like, let's see, I want to know what, what artists you like, what painters you like, what colors you like, what colors you don't like, you know, and then, we, you know, go out to eat. So it's like, you know, you get a chance to really, really get to know the person when you're doing, when you're doing all that stuff and you're, 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 um, it's not like, it's not an interview. It's really just more about just bonding and creating that trust between each other, Yeah. you know, and uh, so that's what I love to do. I love that part, just connecting, you know, with that person and just building, you know, and just having that bond, you know, that's what it's about. And then, you know, that the, the, the little job you do with them, the next job you do with them, maybe a bigger job. Mm. You know what I mean? And, you know, so that's the thing I think is, um, it's important, you know, so it's important for me right now. And, um, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to um, to more of that stuff yeah. for sure. What what uh besides the camera, what's your favorite tool when working as a cinematographer? There's this thing called the cloud. And um we have two of them. They're like twenty by twenty. Mm. Right? And basically it's beautiful because what it does, what basically you have you have four grips who are trained to maneuver the cloud. So picture there's a there's a huge field. And there's the action in the middle. Now, they bring the cloud in, and it basically it covers the the sun. Like basically, the sunlight that's hitting the top of the people, it covers it. Wow. And there's different kinds of diffusion that that they put on it. I think there's like a light grid. I think there's a light grid that I use on it. So it is like a light grid, and it basically it basically shadows the area. Now that's amazing, as long as it's not you know, windy or whatever, but the, the, the cloud works fantastic. Mm. The flip side, and what's great about it is that at night, you can use it as a bounce. So what we do sometimes at night is that we, instead of it being flat or at a, or at a, um, flat over the top of the action, we'll have the cloud like standing straight up in the air and then use it as a bounce. We'll put like a muslin over it and use it as a bounce, bounce like a M18 light or M90 light into a two into it, you know, and then that'll create like a night look, like a, a moonlight, moon, moonlight, moonlight look is what we usually do with it at night. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, an, it's, an, it's an amazing tool. Like I said, daytime, you can use it for overhead. If you don't have a fly swatter, which is, um, a, a frame with a with a with a diffusion on it that's on a condor that's way up in the air. I love those, but if you don't have those, we we have the cloud. Mm. So I, I act overhead for for day, and and at nighttime, it can be a bounce. Mm. You know, so you know, like a a nice moonlight bounce. Yeah, actually, I, yeah, it's it's funny. It's um, it's 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 the thing that I love to use because we actually have two of them, so we can gang them together if we want for overhead and it's like a 40 by 40 something like that and then but we never did that we always just use one but um yeah you use those all the time for daytime stuff you know if it's really super sunny and all i was standing by if it's real overcast and the sun pops out but i use that and then at nighttime just stand it up put like i guess muslin on on the front and then we bounce bounce a light or two into it and you know and it has a lot of spread there's a lot of spread you can you can raise it up raise it up in the air the, the, the four guys actually release it and, and raise it up in the air maybe about it can be as high as maybe 20 feet mm. you know we don't go that high but mm. you can go that high and you can like bounce you can you can bounce light into it and it'll spread like so far so um, yeah I, that's one of the things that I've uh, started using the past uh, shoot the past three years I've been using that that's dope that's wow dope. Yeah. So um it's pretty cool. Who who are some of your favorite cinematographers? Roger Deakins is one of my favorites. Rodrigo Prieto worked with him on uh, 25th Hour with Spike. He's one of my favorite. I love that his diversity is he's, he's very diverse in the stuff. I mean, Eight Mile is amazing. 25th Hour is amazing. Um the movie with um The Beautiful is amazing. Um the movie with um all the Scorsese movies that he shot are amazing. 
you know, Rodrigo's fantastic. Um, Matthew Libetique, I worked with Matt and Maddie a lot. Love Maddie's work, very diverse, the way that he um, he can do, you know, uh, Iron Man, Cowboys and Aliens, and then do Inside Man, <laughs> you know. So Maddie, Maddie's amazing. And um, Rod- I mean, um, uh, Emmanuel Lubitsky, you know, oh, with yeah. all the movies he's no, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, with the things he the the, the, the movies he shot with um, the movies he, the, the the stuff he's done with Natural Light, where for Terrence Malick's movies are, are, are incredible. He's got I think three Oscars, three or four Oscars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, and then last I gotta mention my my boy um, Bradford Young. Mm-hmm. Bradford Young is you know, he's amazing. You know I love Arrival, I love Selma, I love Middle of Nowhere. You know I love um, you know. Um, uh, um, God, what's that one? I read? Uh, Mother of George. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's amazing films. And, um, you know, the way just his style is, is so, I mean, it's beautiful. I love the, you know, he's not afraid of the dark. He's not afraid of just going with practicals. You know, he's, you know, he's, um, you know, he's definitely a guy who I, who I, who I follow. And I, and I love the way, every time his movie comes out, I always watch it. He's, he's actually happens to be a very, like, cool person. And I like to listen to uh, to him in these different uh, interviews he has. He talks a lot about connecting with the director and and, and being and that's and that's and that's that's great because a lot of people I don't hear a lot of people say that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard Matt, heard Maddie say it before. You know, and um, I think I've heard Rodrigo mention it before in the different uh, interviews, and cinematography uh, roundtables. But um, yeah, those guys to me, I love all those guys. You know, I love all those guys' work. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, <laughs> one day uh, I could be up in that, um, in that realm. But, you know, it's funny. I think a lot, I think a little bit of what each person, what I've seen each person do. And it's funny, back then I didn't want to shoot. I didn't think about shooting when I was working with these guys. But, but I do remember working with them. I do remember like, wow, this guy stood out to me early on, especially Roger. He stood out like, wow, like, you know, the, the stuff that he's doing and the, and the way he's doing it is like, it's incredible. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there, that is a lot to learn. And, um, and and every day, every day is a learning experience. Every day is a new camera. Every day is a new light. Every day is something new. So that's one of the things I love about being a DP is that you always learn every day um, about about something new, mm-hmm. you know. And, and even there's ways that you can handle things, different things. But I've learned, like, one of the things I've learned is very, it's helped me out a lot is to be very, very patient. And to be very, very uh, when things are going crazy around you, to, to to not to not even get you know just to just blow it off or not not to even like you know not to get crazy. I remember one I remember a couple about a month ago, a couple months ago, Mr. Perry sent me a text about like he loves working with me because um I don't get crazy when shit is like going crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't get crazy enough. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. It's important not to to know that somebody's calm and cool and like. Okay, it's coming. The light's coming. Or this, this camera, you know, the battery's coming. You know, we get a change in cards. You know, the car just went out. We're changing cards. We'll be, we're, we're gonna be up in, in, in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, just to, just to not be crazy with things and just to know that, you know, when time is, when time is short, you know, you gotta finish by this time, whatever. It's like, just to be, you know, a cool head is always, is always good on set because sometimes people are going, you know, we're going super fast and people are like, you know, People are a little in a frenzied uh, state, mm-hmm. and um, it's just always good to keep a cool head, you know, because people respect that. People are like, "Wow, if he's not stressed out, I shouldn't be stressed out." 
All right. Thank you so much, Terrence, for joining us on the Black Film Space podcast. Appreciate your insight and your stories and, and tips. Thanks, Reg. I appreciate it, man. I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, I enjoyed talking with you. And um, yeah, I hope we can do it again. Of course, of course. Um, so is there anything else that you can share with us in regards to projects you're working on? I just want to mention about how important it is to, um, you know, this is Black Film Space. So it's important to be able to continue to um, bring our own, you know, people into the business mm. and to bring it. Bring, and then also not only that, but bringing, you know, bringing bringing them up through the ranks you know as 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 leaders of the department you know it's very important not just as a you know as a uh, parking person as a pa as an intern you know as a minority hire no but as a gaffer key grip camera op dp producer second producer you know it's AD, first AD, camera op. It's you know it's very important for us to be able to um, to continue to to grow our ranks, men, women, whatever. You know it's very important, and uh, I would say just for people out there, just to continue to do so, continue to to take chances on on people who you know can do the job, who will do the job, and who have fun and enjoy doing it. Mm. It's very important because you know. We we have to be we have to be able to help each other because if we don't if we don't take the time to help each other how can we expect anybody else to yeah definitely definitely um so where can people find you online on social media or your website yeah my my website is um, com and also I'm on Facebook Terrence Leron Burke and um on instagram uh it turns the wrong bird <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you so much terrence thanks reg i appreciate it man thank you so much uh, i enjoyed this and i uh, look forward to doing it again awesome have a good one thanks for listening to the black film space podcast if you're interested in being part of our community and attending events please visit us at blackfilmspace.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black Film Space. Subscribe to our email list and podcast. All right, see you soon.